0: this question what are you believing in God for this year of your life what are you believing in God for this year of your life see for our nation of England in 2019 it's been an eventful year to say the least our prime minister resigned there was a call for election and now we've got Boris Make up your mind on there. Then we've got Brexit, and we don't want to talk about that too long. Uh, Climate change has hit the newspapers. School children protesting. They're protesting on the trains, on airport runways, in the city centers. We've had acts of terrorism on our streets. We're looking to waste less and look after the environment. That's been the big thing uh, promoting uh, in our society nowadays. England women's football team got to the semi-finals. England win the World Cup in terms of cricket. England got to the semi-finals in the Rugby World Cup. See, so much has gone on. This is just a few headlines, good and bad. Things of like climate change thinking, yeah, that is good for the future. But then you have things where you think acts of terrorism that's not so great. And this is just our country. If we think about the world around us, we can think, wow, so much has gone on. And then we think about our own lives in 2019. The ups, but also the downs. The good things, but also the hard things. The things that went to plan, but also the things that didn't go to plan. But this is it, right? God has in his grace and his mercy brought us safely through god has been faithful and god has brought us to this point to this day see what do you believing in god in the year ahead see habakkuk chapter 2 2 says this the lord answered answered me write the vision make it plain on tablet so he may run who reads it See, this is why it's good to have in this time of year, in many ways, to review what is going on in your life. You might not be a resolution person, but it's good to say, well, what well, God, what have you caused in my vision and purpose in life? What are you calling me for the next year? What, um, what do you believe in God for this coming year? Is it a family circumstance, mainly like Lucy? Is it that you want more of God's presence in your life? Is it you want a breakthrough in health or a breakthrough in a job or breakthrough with your children or your grandchildren? Maybe it's a marriage thing that you're facing, or maybe it's just you want more peace in life because in the life's ups and downs, you're getting swayed from side to side. What are you believing in God for this coming year? So let's go back to the subject. Let's talk about rain. So I'm not gonna be a weatherman here. I'm not going to give you a seven-day forecast because that's not my skill set. But here in the UK, we pretty much despise rain. When we think of rain, it comes a, a negative thought into our minds. See, on this last uh, New Year's Day, we went to the poor Bath race. Did anyone else go to that? No, 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 no. Okay, I'll tell you Peter Morin we went, so we saw them there. But it, w- it was raining, it was miserable, and it sort of ruined the poor bath race. It's New Year's Day every year. It was overshadowed by the rain. It's like it's raining again. Why does it have to rain? When is the rain going to stop? What am I going to do today because it's raining? A bride and a groom on their wedding day are desperately praying against rain. I remember before our wedding, like every, the month before, every day we were checking the weather. Is it going to be sunshine? Is it going to be rain? Because the bride and groom they're desperate for sunshine. But if you live in the summer southern hemisphere in Australia today, they would love a bit of our rain, and they can have it. <laughs> you know, their forty degrees heat and wildfires is just—it's crazy out there, and they're killing people. They would love some rain where we would say, "Take it." But this morning, I want to prophesy rain into our church, therefore, into each one of our lives. See, Ezekiel prophesied over dry bones. And what happened? The wind of the the Spirit, which is the Spirit of the Lord, came and flesh grew on the bones. So today, I prophesy into our church and our lives for rain. We all go through dry seasons. When I'm talking about dry seasons, I mean spiritually, emotionally, financially, other things. And I want to pray for rain for each one of us. Rain representing fruitfulness and harvest in our lives in every season. So here goes then, right? So what, what does the Bible say about rain? Well, in the Bible, right at the beginning in Genesis, rain was not necessary. Rain only came when adam and eve were created eden was filled with trees and plants but it was fed by a river and in genesis 2 it says this but streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground it says there was a river that then it th- that came into eden and then it split into four different rivers and it watered the garden So, what's it saying? There was no, if there was no man or woman, there was no need to rain for rain. So, why did God bring rain? So that they could toil the ground, so they could bring forth fruitfulness and harvest. Why did God bring rain? Not primarily for the goodness of the. Uh, eco-climate or whatever you want to call it, the ground, but it was for you and I to work the land. So rain came after Adam and Eve, because before that, for the plants and the, the trees, it came through the river. The next time we hear of rain is in Noah's time. Genesis 7, 4 says this, seven days from now, I will make the rain's Pour down on the earth and it will rain for 40 days and 40 nights. And to have wiped from the earth all the living things I have created. Because of the sinfulness of man, God sent rain like a judgment. It destroyed the land and everything onto it. He wanted to start again. See, we also hear of rain in Moses' time. That's the next time after Noah we hear of it again. Pharaoh would not let his people go. He was stubborn, and he sent one of the plagues was hail, which is rain, to destroy the land. Even in Sodom and Gomorrah, the next time we hear of rain, the Lord sent rain, but not any normal rain. It would be sulfur to kill all habitation again. See, rain caused destruction in Noah's day. It caused destruction in Moses' day, and it caused destruction for Sodom and Gomorrah. See, you could easily say rain was an act of judgment. See, rain can bring not just destruction and even death. And we can look around the world today and we know that rain can bring typhoons and death. But we experience the reality the same agent can render of rain both death and life. But there is a change because rain becomes a sign of blessing. It becomes a sign of covenant promise. it becomes a sign of faithfulness. And I believe this covenant promise for us and our situations this year. And this is what Deuteronomy 11: 11, 11 says: "And the land you're going over to possess to, to, to possesses is a land of hills and valleys which drinks water by the rain from heaven, a land that the Lord your God cares for, the eyes of the Lord your God are always upon it from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. This is interesting. because, So no matter what season you are in, whether a dry season or a wet season in life, God's eyes are always on the promise. He doesn't so much see the time of the situation, but he sees it through the lens of the promise. Because it says this, for the eyes of the Lord your God are always upon it from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. So his, his eyes are on the promise of the situation, not the situation itself, if that makes sense. So if he's promised you he's going to take you through it, if he's promised you something in it, his eyes are on the promise, not the situation, from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. So whatever situation you're going into this new year, his eyes are on your promise. So let's take hold of those promises. Verse 13 says this. And if you will indeed obey my commandments that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. And I believe that's us as people today, we love God. We are committed to serve him in this church and we love him with all our heart and all our soul. Verse 14 He will give you the rain for your land in its season, the early rain and the latter rain, that you may gather in your grain and your wine and your oil. See, blessing, I believe, is on its way. Rain as a covenant promise. And there's an early rain and a latter rain. If you go to the time where this was spoken into, it would have been in the Middle East, the the place. Early rain was the end of October. And it was a time, in many ways, to throw seeds on the ground, to sow them. And then the latter rain was probably about late March, early April. And you would water the ground and get it ready to pick up your first fruits, your first harvest. See, maybe last year in your life, you had some early rain. You saw some of the seeds and some of the things that you've done in life uh, start to to grow, but it was very miniature. It was, it was just little bits. It was early rain. Maybe it was a conversation you had with someone about Jesus, and then it just, you didn't, nothing came of it. Maybe it was something that you changed the way you did something, but it never really c- completed or came to fruition. Maybe it was a family situation started to change, and then it just steadied off. Maybe you've been praying into something, and you felt something was happening, but there's nothing more yet. See, the latter rain is even greater. See, this year we should pray for a year of latter rain. James 5, 7 says this. James 5, therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until he receives the early and the latter rain rain see i believe that in this room we love god and we're committed to serving him with all our hearts with all our souls and we've seen some early rain but we want to see the latter rain and i'm talking about for our own lives the people we come in touch with the things god has called us to do the things that we're praying into the family situations we've seen things started to grow the early rain but we really want the latter rain That we may gather the grain, the wine, and the oil. See, what happens when rain comes? I want to give us three things, what happens when rain comes. The first one is that rain refreshes. And this is what it says. This is Psalm 68, verse 7 to 9. Oh God, when you went out before your people, when you marched through the wilderness, Salah, Salah, the earth shook. The heavens also dropped rain at the presence of God. Sinai itself was moved at the presence of God, the God of Israel. You, O God, sent plentiful rain, whereby you confirmed your inheritance when it was weary. See, when we are weary and dry, when we are wandering, maybe like the wilderness in the wilderness, if we immerse ourselves in the presence of God, there is plenty for rain to refresh us. Rain will bring refreshment and energy to your weary soul and life. Rain will refresh because when you feel weary, rain will confirm your inheritance and your promise. When you feel weary, the rain will come and just remind you of the promises. It will confirm your inheritance, the promise. See, I spent some time in South Africa like 10 years ago now. It feels like yesterday. I spent about three or four months over there, and it only rained for about 20 minutes the whole time I was out there. And if you've ever experienced it when it's only rained for a short period, you can smell the rain. And it feels refreshing. It feels so good. I don't know if you've ever experienced something like this. It's different to this kind of rain where it just keeps going and going and going. But it it, it feels good. You look forward to it. You can smell it even before it comes. And then it refreshes you. You've been in a hot country. And then suddenly it downpours just randomly for like 10 minutes. It refreshes a bit, doesn't it? You don't you get soaked, but it refreshes. You jump into a pool, water, rain refreshes. And this is what the latter rain shall do for us. It will bring refreshment to us. It will be rain that will keep flowing. See, we need refreshment to our souls, refreshment to our purpose, refreshment to our vision in life. See, as many of you know, Joel, who's about 20 months, is like most children. And Joel has the ability to enjoy life today. He doesn't worry about tomorrow. He just loves the moment. He doesn't even think about the next 10 minutes. He has the ability just to go and go. He feels like he just has so much energy through the whole day. See, what if we become like children? Maybe life would just be more fun. But he feels refreshed. How many of us wake up in the mornings and we don't feel like we've had enough sleep? No, no? No, maybe it's just me then. You know, or or we get to about 7 o'clock, we feel like I could go to bed. We feel tired and weary. And in many ways, that's just our physical muscle state. But in many ways, it's a reflection of our soul. It's a reflection of our our whole lives, of how we're doing life. And we actually need a refreshment. We need this rain to come from God. But it's the place where we say, actually, if we come into the presence of God, like Psalm 68 says, is where the rain will come down. The second one is restores. Joel 2, 21 to 25 says this. For the Lord has done marvelous things. Do not be afraid, you're, you're beasts of the field. For the open pastures are springing up and the tree bears its fruit. The fig tree and the vine yield their strength. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given you the former rain faithfully. And he will cause the rain to come down for you. Next slide. The former rain and the latter rain in the first month. So he's talking. It's the same language as Deuteronomy. We're finding here in Joel. the former and the latter rain. The latter rain, the first. The refreshing floors shall be full of wheat. The vast, sorry, the vats shall overflow with the new wine and oil. Same language again. So I restore you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten. The crawling locusts, the consuming locusts, the chewing locusts. My great army, which I sent among you, be glad, people of Zion. So this scripture, starts off, be glad and rejoice for the Lord God has done marvelous things. See, Joel looked forward to the restoration of God's promise. He told Judah to look forward in faith, to praise God for restoration he had already promised, even before they saw it with their eyes. See, with the eye of faith, Joel could already see what would happen. Already, or already, he him were the lush, fruitful pastures. Trees that God had restored after the destruction of the locusts. See, he had given the formal rain faithfully, but the latter rain in the first month. See, at the end of Joel 1, before his passage, the prophet saw saw the destruction drought brought. Now the isle of the faith, he sees God restoring both the former and the latter rain for Israel. See, when... I wonder, sorry, I wonder if anyone has felt they've lost time or lost years or lost moments, precious moments. Whether that's because of illness, family situations, but you feel like you have lost time. And God says, I will repay you, the, I will restore to you the years, or repay you in another translation, the years that a swarming locust have eaten. See, God isn't just going to stop the locusts from eating your crops or your harvests. But this is his promise. He said, I will repay you. He's not just going to bring an end to the the crops getting eaten by the locusts. This is obviously metaphorically speaking here. He's going to repay you. He's going to bless you. He's going to give you the years back. See, have you ever felt your life has been eaten away at? Whether that's because you felt you've had lost time because you've been going through an illness or a family situation or or something like a job situation. You felt, I've lost some time of my life. But the good news is that God is in the business of restoring the moments, the time, the lives, our lives that have been eaten away by the locusts, the things of evil, of Satan, the things that are not of God. God will restore those moments when the rain comes. That's what Joel's all about. The rain will bring restoration to us. Third one, lastly, rain brings a harvest of lives. Isaiah 44, verse 3 to 5 says this, For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. They will spring up like grass in a meadow, like poplar trees by flowing streams. Some will say, I belong to the Lord. Others will call themselves by the name of Jacob. Still others will write on their hand, the Lord's, and will take their name of Israel. See, we've got to pray and prophesy a rain of harvest for people to come and know Jesus. Those we are rubbing shoulders with in every day of our week, that their lives will be transformed with the message of Jesus. The, you know, the message of Jesus is too good of news to keep it to ourselves. Isaiah 43, verse 18, well-known verse. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. See, rain brings a fresh harvest. The latter rain will come and bring a fresh harvest of transformed lives. People get in, come in to know Jesus, but also... It will bring a harvest of people's lives in us, knowing God more. See, rain brings refreshment. It brings restoration, and it brings a harvest of lives. See, if I was to ask any one of you this year, would you like a year of refreshing or a year of tiredness? A year of restoration or a year that was eaten away by the locusts? A year of harvest or a year of fruitlessness, see, I think we would all sign up for the, the first one. We would all be in front of the crew. I want a year where I feel refreshed. I want a year where I feel that my life has been restored from what has been eaten away from me. I want a year where I see a harvest and a fruit, and this is where the rain comes in it comes into the thing. We need a latter rain and let's prophetically pray rain into our church into each one of our lives i want to remind you a story of, called of honey if you know of it it was first century bc and devastating drought threatened to destroy the generation before jesus the last of the jewish prophets have died nearly four centuries before Miracles were such a distant memory, memory, they seemed a false memory. There was only one man, sorry, there was one man, So not only one man, there was one man who lived outside the walls of Jerusalem, who dared to pray anyway. And his name was Honey. Even if people could no longer hear God, he believed God could still hear them. When rain is plentiful, it's an afterthought. During a drought, it's your only thought. Honey was their hope, famous for his ability to pray for rain. See, he would have a six-foot staff in his hand, and he would get it, and he he would put it there, and he would draw a circle all around him. 360 degrees, he would turn round. He never looked up at the crowd. And in the seconds... That went on, he started to pray for rain. He dropped to his knees and raised his hands to heaven. And he said, This, Lord of the universe, I swear before your great name that I will not move from this circle until you have shown mercy upon your children. See, if you were there at that moment, the generation before Jesus, the words would have shud- shuddered down your spine. It wasn't just the volume of his voice, it was the authority of his tone. His prayer was resolute yet humble, confident yet meek, expectant yet unassuming. Then it happened. His prayer ascended to heaven and raindrops descended from to the earth. Every head turned heavenward as the first raindrops parachuted from the sky. But Honey's head stayed bowed. The people rejoiced over every raindrop. But Honey was not satisfied because it was just a sprinkle. So he carried on praying. And the sprinkle turned into rental rain and downpour. And he was still not satisfied because it was too much And he said, we need a wow portions amount of rain. See, rain came. The generation before Jesus could have been swiped away. But there was one man who was willing to pray for rain. This was physical rain. Each raindrop was a a tangible token of God's grace. And we need to pray for spiritual rain here. Spiritual rain that we are lives will become refreshed and restored. And and um what's the last one again? I'm testing you. Harvest. Thank you, whoever said that. Harvest Acts 14:7 says this. Yet he has not left himself with a test without testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons. He provides you with plentiful food and fills your heart with joy. See, Paul in the book of Acts has just healed a man who was crippled. And one of the priests of a major temple decided to go and get some animals to sacrifice. And Paul and Barnabas, they tore their clothes off and ran into the crowd and said, why are you doing these things? You know, it's one way to get people's attention. Take your clothes off. It's not going to be happening today. Uh, he tears his clothes off and runs into the crowd and says, "Why are you doing these such things?" Because they've seen a miracle and the priests have said, "Well, we've got to you know offer a sacrifice." This is post Jesus, and then Paul and Barnabas are like, "You don't need to do this anymore because Jesus was the perfect and final sacrifice." You're going back into former things, different ways of do the former things of doing things, and God said he. Um, God has provided rain through Jesus for everything we need. He he provides plain and he provides it in plentiful. He fills us, our hearts, with joy. This verse says this. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their season. See, this coming year... The things that we need to be, things we're believing in God for. It might be your someone in your family getting saved. It might be that I just need more rest in life, God. It might be that actually I need a different job because it's not working out, God. I don't know what it is, but whatever something God has laid on your heart for this year, we need the rain of God. We need the, the refreshing rain, the latter rain. We need the rain to restore and the rain to bring a, a harvest in our lives, a spiritual reign. So I want to pray for us. I want to pray that we receive a spiritual reign. Is that okay? So why don't we just spend 30 seconds, 30 seconds, just giving to God the things that are on our heart. We'll believe in him for this coming year could be just even just a i just want a peaceful year no matter what the ups and downs i want a peaceful i need a breakthrough in my family my grandchildren i'm struggling to even care for my own children you know we should be honest here you know I, i just need this year to be i want some latter rain god to come and change Father God, I thank you that you know everything that is on each one of our hearts. You know the things that we think about just before we go to bed and the things that wake us up in the middle of the night. You know the things, our hopes and our dreams, but you also know our fears and our failures. And you love us so much. It's crazy how much you love us, despite that you know everything about us. And Father God, we want to believe you to do miracles this year. Like Jensen And we just thank you for that, but we want more. We want to see people get healed, people get saved. We want to see you do the impossible. We want to see that I just live a more peaceful and restful year, Lord God. I want to wake up and feel restored and refreshed. Lord, we pray for a a spiritual rain to come upon us as a church and that we would see a harvest and a plentiful and a fruitfulness in the things you've called each one of us to do. Lord, I pray for rain, spiritual rain to drop on all of our lives and that you would breathe your spirit of life into us and it would refresh, it would restore and it would bring fruitfulness and harvest. In Jesus' name, amen.